Hey Chicago, I'm Clive Lawrence. I'm Gracie Lawrence. And, and we're, we're Lawrence. Lawrence. And you're listening to today's Variety 101.9 The Mix. This is so fun. Welcome to Chicago, the Lawrence siblings of the band Thank Lawrence. You. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. All right, so do you realize the venue you're playing tonight, what street it's on? Lawrence Street, yeah, we, were we just did, told that. Yeah, we were just told. We would not have known, except I also did see a bus going by as I was on as I was on our way here, and it said Lawrence on it, and I was like, wow, the city's really supporting us. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to the CTA. We put a call in for you to make yeah, sure that could you. happen. Um, so Clyde and Gracie, siblings from New York, you have this eight-piece band behind you, too. Yep. Yeah. Um, we play the heck out of Don't Lose Sight on the Mixed New Music Club. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's been so cool to hear it on the radio. It's like a totally, you know, new experience for us. Yeah, the vibes are immaculate. I think that, like, people needed not just that type of music, but that type of vibe and, and kind of happy lyrics right now in the world. Yeah. Um, did you think about, as you were creating it, is that something that came to mind? Not really, honestly. I wish we could say we were, like, martyrs for the cause of other people, but I think that... I, I think what we tend to believe is like writing from personal experience tends to be one of the more relatable things, ironically. Um, and we were going through something that was difficult and we wanted to represent both the difficult side of it and the side of it that says you have to persevere through it. And so we wrote about that personal experience and true to our belief, um, writing from a very specific place tends to actually be um, to create a lot of commonality. So that was that was kind of what we did. Love it. Okay, and I have to ask just, so where did Hotel TV come from? What was the inspiration there? Well, we have a song called Hotel TV on Hotel TV, and actually the song idea came first. Um, but I think, you know, our first album was called Breakfast, our second album was called Living Room, and our third album is called Hotel TV. So there are all these, like, themes that have a very homey sort of, like homespun feel and as siblings that's really important to us um but hotel tv is probably the farthest from home which we thought was kind of cool like you know these first two albums are you know breakfast and living room feel very very home homey and then this one is like a hotel tv sort of the thing that represents home when you're far from home so and i think that we were thinking that, that would be cool because while we were writing some of the songs on the album we were spending so much time on the road in like 2019 when we sort of broke ground on the album but then ironically because of the pandemic we ended up making that album from home more than any of the other ones we had made before so it was kind of funny making this album that was so much about transience and moving and travel and hotels and that kind of lifestyle while literally sequestered at home wow yeah, totally. And home is, is New York City, correct? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, can you talk a little bit, one, just about how like being siblings influences your music as you create it together and maybe each of your roles within creating a song? Sure. Yeah. And then, and then two, maybe how that's inspired by living in New York versus you know, sure. being in Chicago or anywhere else in the yeah, world. Yeah, those are great questions. I think that being siblings definitely inspires our creative process because we have such a shared set of influences, just like you might have with like a close friend, but even deeper where it'll be like, we'll literally be making like a funk song and one of us will be like, 
Remember that like bridge of that song from Sesame Street that we used to watch in the car all the time? Like, what if we did something like that? You know, like we will pull out the most random niche yeah. childhood references, or like remember that toy that used to play that melody? Like, what if it was kind of a sound that was like that? You know, so like I think that that's the kind of thing that like really only siblings can have, and then we kind of develop a sixth sense on stage that comes out of that too but although we kind of developed that with all the people in the yeah. band like at this point it feels like everyone in the band is like a brother to us um but um yeah and then i think i don't know as far as new york is concerned new york is just such a core part of what we're all about i'm not really sure exactly how i would say it finds its way into the music other than that like i think there's something about new york that constantly feels like epic and awesome but also kind of like there's so much f- comedy to New York as well, and I think yeah. that our music is always trying to find that balance between saying really honest, real vulnerable things and um, trying to be funny or lighthearted or not take ourselves too seriously, and I think that, I don't know, the spirit of New York feels relevant to that to me. Yeah, I guess to both of your questions, like Clyde and my role in writing, we both write the music, and um, when the band started out, it was like many, many years ago, it was Clyde predominantly writing the music. And then honestly, when we changed the name to Lawrence, when it was going to be this sort of equal. It started as Clyde Lawrence band. Yeah. When Grace was in like literally middle school. Yeah. <laughs> was when we sort of started both writing. Um, so the process is, is pretty similar for both of us, I'd say, in that we both kind of have some version of an, version of an idea ourselves and bring it to the other one. Um, whether that be melody or lyric or, you know, whatever it may be, or a full song. Um, but I would say the New York part of it actually comes into play quite effectively in that, like, so many of our songs are actually written, like, around New York. Like, I, f- I feel like, um, you know, Hotel TV maybe being an exception in some way because we were traveling so much, but so much of what we wrote when we were younger was, like, walking down the street. I, I was thinking the other day, I was walking home and I like just like wrote a song in my head as I was walking. And, um, you know, Clyde and I often finish writing songs on the subway when we have long subway rides yeah, together. That's, that's like big. what we usually do. Wow. So I think it's just, it kind of seeps into the, I don't know, like the the ambiance of the song somehow. I hope that it feels New York-y. I hope it feels colloquial in a New York way. And I hope it feels like, yeah, people having a conversation on the subway. Wow. Yeah, I mean, the videos at minimum, as well as the sound that have gone viral across the internet, totally feel grand. And to say that's maybe emulating a New York lifestyle or, cool. or, or your upbringing with it totally comes through. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah, and then I, I have to know, like, uh, to go back to it, you guys are little kids, you're walking down the street, maybe you're singing a song together that you guys haven't created, but that your your dad or your family played all the time. Is there one that comes to mind? That's a good question. Yeah, or an artist that just, like, was played so much throughout your childhood that maybe influences you now. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, like, I'd say that the music that was off and on would be, like, a lot of Beatles, a lot of Beach Boys, a lot of, like, Kinks and Who, like, other British Invasion stuff, and a lot of, um, certainly, like, a lot of Motown and... A lot of Fountains of Wayne also. Fountains of Wayne is like a really, really influential band to us. Wow. Um, I would say maybe... We were just super well-versed in all that stuff as like 
three-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, I have a funny answer to this question, which is maybe Mbop by Hanson. Yes. Like, we were really into that song. And, and it was, like, siblings. And yeah, siblings and, like, yeah, it was just a great song. And it was also, there's a great video of Clyde and I, like, Clyde's four or maybe five, and I'm, like, one, and we're, like, playing that song. And, yeah, so we were really into it. That's a great, <laughs> great. song. Yeah, Umbop, legendary. It yeah. comes back for the wedding 20 years after you heard it for the first time. It's basically <laughs> exactly. what happens with that song. Are you guys excited about the fact that, one, it's hard to label your band. It's hard to label, like, Lawrence and what genre it falls into. Yeah. Is there a way you could label that for us, what you classify it as? Yeah. We typically call it soul pop okay. um, in that it is, like, what we would like for pop music to sound like, but I think that it's maybe a little more soulful or soul oriented than a lot of other pop music. But then, I mean, that really doesn't completely explain what it is because there's a lot of elements of funk and rock and singer songwriter and even, you know, maybe musical theater type stuff that seeps its way into it. But generally we say soul pop. Love it. Yeah. And uh, we play a lot of music right now within the pop genre that, that kind of also fits that vibe. I think even some Harry Styles stuff that just dropped. Yeah, I mean, totally. Silk Sonic, totally. um, even The Weeknd, like his newest album, Dawn FM, had kind of soulful pop to it. Yeah, yeah soul is definitely coming back in. I remember having a meeting. It never really left, but maybe I, in the I mainstream. I think it did leave <laughs> the pop world for sure. I remember having a meeting with someone who I won't say who I it is this. to shame them, but um, in maybe 2008, or nine, so in like the height of like the EDM being pop thing. And I remember playing some of my music for them and they were like, this is cool, but I don't really see a place for like this kind of soulful Stevie Wonder sound in the pop world. And I was like, okay. And then I don't want to be in the pop world, I guess. But then it's cool how like over the last, that feels like a crazy thing to say now with not only, you know, our music being lucky enough to be in the top 40, but, you know, Silk Sonic, you know, some yeah. of the biggest artists in the world are like Ariana up, Grande. Yeah, like, soul R&B yeah. type stuff. Totally. So I do think there has been a shift that we've been lucky enough to just kind of like cross paths with. Wow. That that story comes at me the same way the story from Seth Rogen about Freaks and Geeks getting canceled comes at me. Where it's <laughs> right. just like it was just somebody who doesn't get it. Yeah, or, or somebody who's so stuck in the moment of what that moment is culturally, yeah. thinking it's not going to be wildly different six months from now. <laughs> so I have to know, with so many people in the room when you guys are recording, has there ever been a definitive needs more cowbell moment? That's mm. funny. There actually aren't that many people in the room when we're recording our, our albums. Really? Yeah, it's, it's just me and Clyde and... Um, two guys from our band who produced the albums, Jordan Cohen and Johnny Coe. And then for this last album, Hotel TV, uh, John Bellion. Um, and we've had some outside producers come in for the past albums. And the people but... from the band will come in and, and record their instruments on sure. songs and stuff. But, yeah, but we the, don't... the writing process is very small. Okay. But I don't know that we've ever needed more cowbell. There is some prominent. We were talking yesterday, actually, about cowbell because we randomly bought a cowbell yesterday. And we were saying that Make a Move, our song from Living Room, the bridge of Make a Move is probably our most prominent cowbell usage. I think if anything, sometimes we're like, we need less cowbell. Because <laughs> our problem is usually that we're like, you know, everyone in this band can play every instrument. Right. Um, minus me. But um, 
like everyone is incredibly musical and Clyde can play everything at within five minutes of like picking it up. So yeah. I think that usually we feel like we we have so many options and so it's much a subtractive process. Yeah, it's a subtractive process. Sure, totally. All right. So with that, you guys are both so talented. I, Thank you, you. Have, you have other talents outside of Lawrence. Uh, as a band, I'm wondering, does the process of creating music for Lawrence carry over into the other things you're doing? Clyde, I know you can compose for movies, and, and Gracie, you're 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 auditioning and, and getting big roles in the TV world right now. Do you find that there's similarities between your process for music and and those processes as well? I think that they're pretty different, and I think that that is why I like it. I think that if like, I think that writing songs or score for movies or TV which I've done a bunch of, um, is like an opportunity to kind of be versatile and do something very different and almost write on assignment. You're not working for yourself. Like that's, I think a lot of artists think like, oh, it'd be so cool to do the music for a movie. What they don't realize is like when you were doing the music for a movie, you're really working for both someone else being like the director in the studio and also like, you're working in service of the music you're going to make is like a very small part of like a larger thing that you're contributing to. Sure. So, but I enjoy it in that way. It's fun to be like kind of put on my hat of like, how can I be the most helpful and additive cog in like this giant operation that is making a great movie Um, rather than in the context of Lawrence where it's like, I wake up every day and it's like, we run this thing and it's right. like we can do whatever we want and it's like the direction is fully up to us it's almost kind of fun and different to try to like find the way to make the perfect thing for something else that may not be your vision totally yeah I think for me there is some overlap actually in that like I've kind of just the more stuff I do in the arts in general, the more I've like come to realize that everything is just about like choices, you know, like in acting, everyone's like, Ooh, choices, like, good right. choice. you know, and it's kind of the same is true for a singing performance and writing. Like you're all, you're making storytelling choices, everything you do, whether that's a facial expression or whether that is a lyric that you write or whether that's that same lyric that you're performing live versus performing it in the studio. You know, these are all just like, calibrations of how you want to tell a story and I think that that like macro idea of like how best to tell a story is something that Clyde and I think are both pretty obsessed with and and our dad's a writer and that was such a big part of what we talked about growing up so I like thinking about each of these individual like art forms under that scope it helps me to contextualize what I'm doing like and I, I'm not usually thinking about it this like intellectually. It's sure. more of a feeling thing. And oh, if I give ten percent more of this, how does that come across to an audience or a viewer or something like that? That's just a constant like inner dialogue, I'd say. Wow. Well, you guys have totally both inherited and nurtured great storytelling skills. Thank you. Yeah, and and we hear that in in the song "Don't Lose Sight" that we play almost nightly on the <laughs> Mixed Music Club. Thank you. Yeah, Lawrence, Clyde, Gracie, thank you guys so much for coming in. We love playing your song on 101.9 The Mix, uh, and we're excited to see you at the Aragon Ballroom tonight. Yeah. Yes, it's gonna be fun. All right, cheers.